Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to episode 68 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up? And back on the couch today, producer Jim Viscardi. What's up? And today, we've got quite a lot to do for you uh, for the early part of the week. It's only kind of the first half of the week, but uh, man, there's been a lot that's happened, so we have a lot to get through today, so there is no time to dilly-dally. Uh, let's start the clock. And that's a production note. That's not even for you guys. That's uh, for the booth. Start the clock. Thank you. Now, where we have the clock started, let's talk about what we're going to use this time on the clock for. Today, we have a lot to get to. We have new castings for the Batman. We have a new thing called Trailer Park, simply that I invented because we had too many movie trailers for individual <laughs> stories, so we put them together in a little segment that we're going to burn through. We have to do some recap on what happened at the Emmys this week. Not too much, because there's not too much exciting. And some new developments that have already popped up this week. Plus, in our deep dive, we are going to be reviewing Rambo, Last Blood, and telling you about all the great new comics that have come out this week, which Matt has tirelessly, ah, has tirelessly read through. So we're going to be doing all of that. Let's get started. And uh, for our new segment, let's jump right into the world of The Batman. Dun, dun, dun. So, The Batman is rolling along after, I mean, I know it feels weird, right? Because we've just been enduring years upon years of just rumors and speculation. That's the thing, it's like, he's been attached to this thing for, well, what, two, two and a half you, you years now? You can't just say he, you gotta introduce what Matt Reeves? Yeah, there you go. Director Matt Reeves, The Batman has, I mean, but you're right, yes, he has been attached for years on end before we've even found out anything solid. And, and this is really now just a semi-solid thing we have. It's not even <laughs> yeah. like solid, solid. But we do have the casting of Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne Batman. We got that. Now we have uh, two big castings that have come down the pike this week already. Um, Jeffrey Wright from Westworld is going to be playing this, is in talks to be playing this version of Commissioner Gordon. And Jonah Hill has been cast in the Batman, which uh, a headline we all saw coming, I think, um, that Jonah Hill is in the Batman and a villain role that has yet to be officially revealed. Big speculation is he's either going to be Riddler or he's going to be Penguin. I personally like Penguin, uh, mostly because I just wrote up some boss logic art of him as Penguin that made me kind of be like, yeah, this would be a great Penguin. Um, so that's kind of big. It means that this thing is moving forward. It really is moving forward. And now is the time where the mystery is going to start to drop away and we're going to get more and more castings for this film. So first thing, how do you guys feel? Um, I've, I've been surprised how well this has actually gone down for the most part. It's a DC casting, so it's never a uniform opinion. No. But uh, Jeffrey Wright has been met with pretty much 
you oh, know, yeah. pretty much overwhelming acclaim. Yeah, yeah um, which is big, can say, considering that this is also kind of a, a switch for Commissioner Gordon. Yep. They're doing the Perry White, you know, turning Perry White black, you know, that whole thing we all joked about for Man of Steel. Uh, it's kind of happening again. Uh, but people are down with it, mostly because Jeffrey Wright's just a respected actor who people yeah. think will really nail this role. And, of course, there, it has excited a, a portion of the fan base who's excited about what the larger implications of that casting could mean in terms of uh, what kind of, specifically, like, what kind of Barbara Gordon mm-hmm. backer will we get in the future and so on. So uh, that's pretty much, that's solid ground. I don't feel like we got to talk about that one. I mean, Jeffrey Wright is no. an awesome actor. No, I, for, the, uh, for the Facebook copy I wanted to put, I just wanted to put, I see nothing wrong with this uh, as, as the teaser. Oh, uh, Westworld <laughs> reference. With a, with a Westworld reference. Or Westworld. Uh, but no, I mean, that, I mean, that casting is just, I mean, that's a slam dunk. I think yeah. That's, oh, yeah. I mean, and totally unexpected, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like none of us in our. But in the best our, way. Even yes. like we're like someone like Charlie's casting a wide range of diverse <laughs> Jim Gordons from like all four corners of the earth. Like didn't even like pick like a oh, like Charlie Jeffrey Webb. Wright for that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty good because um, he has that kind of gravelly gravitas. He can look like a dude who's been in. He can play any part. Yeah, that dude is. Yeah. The, the Jonah Hill aspect's interesting too because that, Jonah no, Hill's done. That's a, the larger one I want to get to. That's the one yeah. we're actually talking about, right? Yeah, he's he's done a bunch of re, like recent movies that have had him in. You know, villain-ish type, but you know, serious roles. And I think everyone is quick to jump to similar with to, with Robert Pattinson, where everyone was quick to jump to you know the movies that they first got famous for and things like that, which are clear departures from what this movie intends to be, and departures from what they have currently you know their more recent work. And so for that reason, I'm like, all right, I don't I don't really care what role he's in. Like a it, it would. Be kind of crazy too if they made him like Professor Pig. I don't think they'll ever put Professor that Pig. That would be amazing. Live action, Professor uh, Pig uh, movie, but <laughs> I love that. Um, but th- but there's a, there's a ton of characters I think Jonah Hill could could play, yeah. and you know, but, Penguin I mean, sounds like also a- Hollywood. So like, it's pretty much a given assumption that for a movie like this, somebody sat down, watched Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. and was like, yes, that like yeah. in Jonah mm-hmm. Hill, and that's what we're getting. We're getting Wolf of Wall Street, Jonah Hill, who was. As you said, like kind of a villainish, uh, he walked the line between being kind of unbalanced and villainish and comedic. Yep. And I, I figure that's exactly what we're going to get. And I could see him being either Edward Nigma and being kind of a rapid fire, trash talking, kind of humorous mm-hmm. Edward, Edward Nigma, or just like a very kind of his Wolf of Wall Street character just slapped onto Penguin as kind of like a gang lord and a gangster. And kind of, kind of like a New York gangster flipped for the comic book yep. route. Um, and I could see him doing either, and I would love it because I, I don't think either of these roles will be overwhelmingly like major to the storyline. Based mm-hmm. on the rumors we're hearing, if it's something like the Batman story, the Long Halloween, which is a famous Batman story, and you should definitely get that graphic yes. novel if you mm-hmm. haven't read it. Um, ironically, written by Marvel's TV head Jeff Loeb. That's right. Uh, it basically is like a year-long investigation into a serial killer, um, but it involves all of Batman's rogues gallery. Like, they all show up at different points. and Even Calendar Man. Yeah, even Calendar Man, who is the man in the story. Um, <laughs> and it'd be awesome if Jonah Hill's Calendar Man. Like, right. That would be awesome. Like, Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, and, th- But th- like, that's one, my point is, like, he just has to basically, I feel like this person just has to show up for the most part and mm-hmm. just kind of do a bit role or... or like a bit scene as like the penguin. I mean, I'm amazed scene. you've seen like because from the reactions to this, I haven't like I know you said like with Pattinson, even like people jump to Twilight, of course, mm-hmm. but 
even that reaction to that casting was not near what I expected that kind of casting to be. Like in years past, that would have been just, we'd still be talking about that. Mm-hmm. And that went over pretty well overall, like overall. So this well, we one also is had the same it, way. Because we also had it kind of like spaced out from when yeah. the rumor broke. That's true. Yeah. And then everybody freaked out to when it was finally confirmed yeah. and everybody had had a chance but like to get this their one, freak I've out. I've seen out. no like, yeah. nothing about Jonah Hill here's, as far as like, here's he's the done thing. enough. Yeah. He's done enough other he's stuff. He's yeah, Batman enough. has been off the screen long enough that people are just hungry for another Batman movie. They don't care who or how they get it. They just want one. I think that's taking it a little bit well, far, but, but, but I agree. Wasn't it not too long ago when you said the opposite? No, but I no no. <laughs> you, said, you said I swear at some point in time during the last. I said we have. Episodes, I, said, I said the casting receipts. does not feel special. Yes, because we've okay. gotten a lot. But I think overall, as a movie, I think that's that is tempering the expectations and in these casting announcements. I think. I mean, just to bring it back down to a smaller thing, I think that Jonah Hill has earned a spot. People don't think of him that way. I mean, they like him from Jump Street. Uh, other things that he's done, people who are more familiar with his like wider range of work. No one sees him as the super yeah. bad guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. that's only. kind of like right. yeah. he's. Yeah. A, I yeah. think our only stipulation is we want a, a, like a healthy weighted Jonah Hill. Like nobody wants back skinny Jonah Hill that much, right? Like we always like Jonah Hill when he's like a little more robust. It's his best words. <laughs> so, uh, I personally would like Penguin. I think he would yeah. be a. Really I think he'd be really good, penguin. and he could do Wolf of Wall Street. Like one of the signature, my favorite parts of that was his laugh that he just has throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. And I would love him to just have like another signature laugh as Penguin, something like really crazy. And I think he'd be a fitting successor to Danny DeVito. But all right, we're going to keep you. I feel like we're going to be getting more Batman news like in the coming weeks. So we'll keep you guys informed on what's going on with that. Uh, we're going to move along. We got some quick items to get through. So let's start there. Uh, Game of Thrones walked away with its uh, Emmy for Best Drama and little else. <laughs> there were a lot of Game of Thrones snubs. I was shocked at the amount of did Game of Thrones get snubbed headlines. I was like, no, did you watch that last season? Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> like, it's interesting what has happened in this last season of Game of Thrones because I feel like on the one hand, people are having like their normal biggest show and TV reactions to right. things. And then on the other hand, it's also one of the worst final seasons in TV reactions. Yeah. And like it's this weird two-face effect where we just even the same person goes back and forth <laughs> on both. But um yeah. So like did Game of Thrones get snubbed? And it's like everybody thinks and that just shows you what the voting process is like. It's just like, well, they completed the final season, therefore they should get all the awards. Doesn't right. matter that it sucked. You no. guys know how this works. You get done, you get done, you get all the awards. And it's like, okay, but this one wasn't the greatest. And um I, I was actually okay with like, especially in like the lead actor roles and lead actress roles. Like I was okay with the people who beat them out. Like I think the girl from the Ozarks should have beat all the Game of Thrones people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I saw her in the nominations, because I didn't follow the the Emmys this closely this year, but when I saw her in the list of nominees, I was like, oh, she was really the best to me. Like, and she won, and good for her. Yeah. Um, I forget who won. Who won actor? Like, uh, I forget. Anyway, that shows you how much we love the well, Emmys. But uh, I, I think this year, this year in general, I felt like no one really cared about the Emmys, and I think I forgot they were on until I started seeing Twitter. <laughs> I know Fleabag won something. Yeah, Fleabag <laughs> that, won. That, Fleabag won and did pretty that well. Dominated yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Like I know that Fleabag won, and then there was like one Michelle of Michelle Williams that came. gave one hell of a speech. Fleabag yeah, like, won. And that's what Seth I know. McFarlane tried to host the uh, Emmys without a host, and we all found out that's a bad idea. And Terrence Howard, right? Yeah. Oh, and Terrence. Right. I mean, yep. the best thing about the Emmys was before. <laughs> the show and Terrence Howard's crazy interview, which I considered putting in here, but I was just like, it's just a crazy interview. Yeah. Like, go watch Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard's going to redefine. He's been exposed to the Mind Stone, and man, what he has learned. <laughs> go listen to that. Boy. So, 
Game of Thrones got its Emmy for Best Drama. That's its, like, consolation prize. The crowd got on stage and said goodbye, and we can now all put this to bed until those two prequels come out. So, (laughs) until then, uh, our uh, so long Game of Thrones. Thanks for the memories. Moving right along... We will talk about uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Matt's been itching (laughs) for this. So in a story that none of us saw coming uh, this week, it's been announced that uh, Walker, Texas Ranger is getting a reboot, and the person we all thought would be starring in it to take over for Chuck Norris is... And that is Supernatural's Jared Padalecki. Did not see that coming. Did not see that coming (laughs) either. I mean, I know he's got like a Western vibe background, yes, as an actor, I believe. Kind of. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's always embodied that, but... uh, It's just like the things I know him from are Gilmore Girls (laughs) and Supernatural. (laughs) Neither one of those screams Walker, but I'm cool. Because we wrote this as a story on the site last night, uh, that there's an episode of Supernatural where they're like in a, a Western setting and Jared gets introduced as like Walker. Oh, oh he's really? A te- he's a Texas Ranger. <laughs> oh my God! I must oh, go watch this. It's so just, he's just been I sitting for oh, this, huh? Perfect. I uh, yeah, I took to Twitter after that and was like, I I think I embarrassed myself with the sheer amount of characters I, mean, I was name dropping, and then I was like, I mean, but, here's the thing: we love Walker, Texas Ranger. Yes. This this reboot. There's no way it's good. Okay, well, I don't know that yet. Yeah, I don't know no way. So, I mean, he is official since he is, I guess, from born in San Antonio, Texas. So yep. I guess this is, like, fitting for him. Um, and I guess, I mean, we're being hypocrites now because we're Jonah Hilling him. <laughs> right? Totally Thank you. You just him. went on this whole diatribe. Yeah. No, I just, it's, uh, my issue isn't even with, with him in the role. My issue is with just the premise of the show in general. What? What's The premise is not that. Okay. You have to consider what we're talking about. I am a I am a big te- like fan of the original show, but let's be honest: the That's original so, show is completely campy. But it's so over much of that the was top. because of Chuck Norris. You accept it a lot because of Chuck Norris. <laughs> don't don't put okay like that show has characters named Gage in it. <laughs> but that's like, but that's, like say, but that's like saying next week if they they announce that they're going to reboot Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman, everyone's going to be like, yeah, all right, that's coming. You know that's coming. <laughs> okay, so that's I, on and, someone's and, desk. Like, let's point out that all of these have been relatively successful on CBS, which is where Magnum PI, yeah, Magnum PI, Y five O, Lethal, uh, well, Lethal Weapon. If the cast yeah, hadn't imploded, had imploded, it was, <laughs> it was successful. But I'm saying CBS specifically, yeah. MacGyver. Yes. Magnum PI, um, there's a Hawaii Five O. Yeah, like, that show's yeah. still going on, and that's it's, still going for yeah. like ten years. There's like, an audience oh, for this nostalgic period of. And Jim, you're not giving CBS credit for how well they bring back these series <laughs> with nostalgia yet new excitement. I mean, they're already changing up some things, right? Because his main, like, the main, like, secondary person is going to be, like, the first, like, they're making a big deal, like, she's the first female Texas Ranger in that elite group or whatever, right? So they're going to make some changes to, like, the cast because it was really just him and uh, Trevet. Is it Trevet? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, that was the main group. And then, like, CD, God, the, the just, bar guy, right? I, I just really hope that they show the restraint to not want to make this, like, a gritty show. Because I have a feeling oh, no. that's where... That's well, where no, 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 no. Go. That's definitely coming. <laughs> There's no way... No, no, no. Like, let's just all be real. There's no way you're doing this modern Walker, Texas Ranger uh-huh. with all of the things happening socially and politically around and the Texas it, border okay. at all. Oh, this okay. is all coming. Now, here's I, the thing. Now that you, uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. But that's that's right. true. No, it, yep. it's absolutely true. Yep. I just, uh, look, all I want them to do, all I'm looking at this for, I am not looking at this for serious drama or social commentary. But what I'm looking at this for is a 
entertaining, weird, like Texas version of a procedural and have some fun with a with a wink and a nod to fans and cool. When Jared, you can give when me Jared that. does his first spinning wheel kick, the internet will just lose its damn mind. Does he have, by the way, that is one thing I've been that's, asked on no Twitter. If he's got, does like, he have a background in martial arts? Because that's kind of an <laughs> important thing. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, know. I mean, I just shared a, a gif of like Chuck Norris like jump kicking some but poor they, soul. They say, is, this the a, is this a reboot or is this just like I a revival? I mean, it's not a revival in no. the sense that they're bringing back the whole cast, but is this like, does this take place? After all of the Chuck Norris stuff, I understood so that, this was like, a reboot. If, so that if like Chuck Norris wanted to come back, okay, in, you know he'll way. come back. I know, but I want him to come back as his character, not as what I would like. I, from what role. I understand, it is a reboot, like complete okay. reboot. However, as long as they leave some space in that narrative of like, oh, there was one before you, <laughs> some cryptic <laughs> thing, and then he right. comes in on an episode or something. It's I'm cool. Finale. Well, I mean, he won a debating championship in school. And oh, that's not good. Then started <laughs> so there you that's go. That's not promising. Yeah. All right. But, uh, I mean, I, I figure it's going to be in line with the other CBS shows that have been rebooted like this. So it'll be kind of action and some humor and something that... Fun like, fluff, right? Yeah, my grandma's going to love this on, <laughs> on like Sunday night. Like, or Ion's going to show this... Like tons of episodes of this syndicated later on. Yeah, like absolutely. That's, this this is made for, for Labor Day. Five this is made for WGN. Yo, all right, this Memorial Day marathons are going to be lit, yeah. man. All right, so moving right along. When we come back after our break, we are going to jump into our trailer park, where I basically just invent something so we can go through a bunch of movie trailers very quickly. So stay tuned for that. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl & Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl & Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, now we have a lot of movie trailers. We've had, I mean, not just movie, but we got movies, TV trailers, like everything's coming at us because fall season's coming. And uh, yeah, a lot of things are kind of hitting, hitting the screen. So it's premiere week. Yep. First things up, we got our Arrow final season trailer. Yay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I give that away? God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to be dead. I'll tell you what. The, the most tag dead. The most exciting thing about Arrow Season 8 right now is how it leads into Crisis. Uh, the, the, well, Crisis, but also oh. a Birds of Prey-ish spinoff. With you always are jumping the damn gun, Jack. Well, but he's got that's the only, Like, I got segues for this. I haven't seen the I notes. I'm sorry. The show. Okay. But anyway, yes. Jim Spill. <laughs> the beans already so arrow season eight trailers out and uh it's i mean it's it's a trailer it has the people in it uh it, it, it basically yeah, it basically asked the question uh how will oliver queen kind of reconcile his death and they try to tease you with some crap like returning characters like tommy merlin and his mom but it's a crisis time or he's dead or a lot you of guys things. are killing this trailer uh, and yet i got grief for my reaction i mean it's not a great trailer okay, i mean at this you. point like eh, it's just him like Right. The, I mean, all the footage looks cool, actually. Like, the scenes, the sequences, and the setup, it looks like a very dark, go-for-broke, Star City final final yeah. run. So that's cool. Um, but yes, there's also a future storyline that was started last season. 
uh, featuring Oliver's kids and, you know, his daughter kind of steps up and saves Star City in the future from, you know, basically Skynet. And she inherits the mantle of Green Arrow. And now we found out today as Jim. Jim, would you like to tell the people? Uh, her, uh, Juliana Harkavy, and... Katie Cassidy. Uh, Katie Cassidy are, will be leading the spinoff show after season eight, Canaries. So it's not over, Arrow fans. We're going right into a Canary show, and they established this already, as, as the Arrowverse always does. They're always doing backdoor pilots to things. So last season, they established that in this future, um, there is a, can, a league of Canaries that is led by <laughs> Juliana. I mean, Juliana Harkavy comes out of retirement. She's like a still, but uh, Katie Cassidy's character mm-hmm. still leads a league of Canaries. And This is still have, the like, alternate universe. Black Katie Cassidy, right? Yeah, she. Yeah. but she came over and she replaced Laurel and became a good right. guy. Yeah. Um, and she does that into the future. He becomes a truly good guy and, and leads the Canaries and recruits like Renee, Wild Dog's daughter, joins and like all that stuff. So that's already been established. They'll flesh that out this final season and we'll get that. And which I, for one, am happy for. I like Katie Cassidy in her. Yeah. Like, she's been great. I love Juliana Harkavay. Yeah, she's been great. <laughs> you mean love. Like it'll yes. it'll be interesting to yeah. see Preach. though what the like what the ex- expanded cast looks like and what the supporting cast looks like because well they I mean they've already kind of teased I, I would imagine that the guy who plays William Oliver's son unless there's some mm-hmm. storyline that takes him away he stays around uh, Diggle's son is is like this double agent dude in the Deathstroke mm-hmm. League and like I would expect he comes back right. to Connor um, so. Yeah, I because I, he has a romance with Oliver's daughter that's been like slow burning, so uh, which is weird, but I guess <laughs> keep it in the family, I guess. But uh, yeah, so that's all going to be going down. So I see, but uh, it, it just lets them play with a fun premise of yeah. future versions of people. Yeah, and uh, the thing that I think you're kind of failing as our boss right now is you did not immediately come in and say what I immediately pitched to Jamie, which was, does this leave room for Batman Beyond to be introduced to the Arrowverse? Ooh. See? See, I know how you think, Jim. There you go. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Matt volunteered for that one. All right. <laughs> Moving right along to the next trailer, we got, uh, so the Canary spinoff's happening, Frozen 2, <gasps> which looked pretty interesting, uh, but I think I figured out this movie already. I did not like that trailer. You did not like that trailer? That's like the most exciting Disney trailer I've seen in a long time. Are you serious? What is It looks like a good Disney adventure, and it was better than any of the Frozen trailers ever made me want to see that movie. Do you also see that last scene of Olaf? Well, uh, yeah, sure. That That's is an amazing <laughs> scene. Yeah, like it a mimicry, like with the harness cam. It seemed yeah. so serious. It is serious. It is. I get that, but it was like... <laughs> what is happening right now? It was a <laughs> lot. It was a lot of serious. <laughs> There's a lot going on here, and there's a lot of implications. It's about like kind of this empowerment, but what happens when empowerment can become too powerful? It can be too alluring. There's a lot of there's a lot of potential allegories. I mean, it has in me here. asking the question: like, I mean, are they gonna like kill Elsa? No. You don't think so? No, 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 no. I think Elsa. I think this is the story of Elsa was like this freak person who feel in the first film she f- didn't feel like she belonged. She it was about empowerment, mm-hmm. and her sister as a vehicle of that. This is becomes like when does empowerment like get too far? It goes to your head, you know, all of this stuff. It's implied in the trailer. Spider Man and her sister is there to help kind of bring her back down to earth and keep her grounded. But I think it's about balance is kind of what it's about family. Yeah, like what your like what your legacy is because of course we're gonna learn like what really happened to her family, right? And there's and there's ties in there. So and her parents are supposed to make some kind of appearance, you know, mm-hmm. at some point, not just in the flashback. Yeah, but like yeah. So. 
there's a lot there, but I mean, even in the early trailers, I feel like the tone was pretty clear. Like that oh, this yeah. was going oh, to be sure. a more, not Darker even serious, more serious, just yeah. yes, a a more mature yeah. storyline. Those scenes in the ocean and stuff, I mean, those are potentially scary stuff. I, I think what I didn't... But I think, but look, let me just finish to say what I'm saying. I think it's about balance. Like, I think it's going to be a good story because it seems to be some kind of war where there's rock monsters, there's a lot of ocean imagery... And if you just think in simple elemental terms, like Elsa's the balance between mm-hmm. between water and and solid and mm-hmm. earth. Yeah, she's ice. I love the whole so war. I, I love the warring like, faction inside. Yeah. that force. Like that whole part of that story is really interesting to me. Yeah, and so. I think in the well, end she'll be the key to kind of bringing peace to this whole yeah. thing. I don't know. I, I think. I mean, clearly the movie is trying. Uh, the trailer is not trying to spoil things and it feels like through the trailer that there are a lot of things that could potentially be spoiled and that like the trailer that they cut just felt like a lot of like it has to jump around yeah like it ju- just it jumped around a lot and i don't know I mean, maybe it was just me but i just i couldn't it, i could follow it but at the same time i was just like oh man i there was nothing there was i don't know i i, I guess i what i loved so much about the first one it was it, that it felt way more charming uh, and I think uh, folks had expected, and and I, this one did not. I disagree. I think this one looked more exciting, personally. Fair enough. I mean, I love the if, first. It one. looks like a big adventure movie, and I yeah, but I'm movie. I'm down. I also think part of it too is because you're not seeing because the first trailers even of the original Frozen yeah. focus so much on the charm and the lightheartedness of yep. it. Even though if you watch the first Frozen, oh yeah, it's a much more a more mature yeah. through line sure. for Elsa. I mean, and dude, the guy like freezes like Anna's heart, and like there's a ton <laughs> of like kind of darker stuff for for a Disney film. So yeah. I feel like it's just in the presentation. I feel like once you see the whole thing mm-hmm. as a as an entire project, that charm and the and the small lighthearted moments will come through. I, I, so. I feel like it all. All right, so moving right along, because we don't got a lot of time for each of these. Uh, the trailer for El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie coming to Netflix, came out. The full trailer. Um, and it really takes you back. I mean, this trailer literally takes you back to the to the final moments of Breaking Bad and then continues what happens afterwards with Jesse Pinkman. And it's a pretty intense trailer. Um, I've seen a lot of fans online, and I'm a hardcore Breaking Bad slash Better Call Saul fan in that whole universe, and I, and I stay... And I've been a pretty attuned to it since it began. Um, a lot of fans have said they don't want to see this be just a, a chase movie, like where Jesse Pinkman's trying to outrun the cops the whole time. I'm quite the opposite. I think Breaking Bad works best and always has been about... Breaking Bad is that show that first caught my attention because it picks up things. It doesn't just hop over events. It, it takes it minute to minute. And, and shows you, unless it's a flash-forward setting up a mystery, in which case it still has a, a current timeline showing you how we got to these things. But um, it, it, it handles things minute to minute. And I think that's the power of the show ever since the second episode, where at the end of the first episode they killed somebody, and, and you think in another show it just picks up with them in the next episode, getting rid of a buddy and kind of doing that. But no, the second episode of the show is them literally having to go through the mechanics of how to get rid of a body, mm. and it's an entire episode. Yeah. Um, and so that's Breaking Bad. And so I want to, I mean, I, I don't think you should expect that to change. Makes sense. Um, this looks like an intense thing, and the best theory I've, that I've seen from everything that is shown in the trailer uh, that's interesting to me is the idea that Jesse Pinkman isn't, this isn't a getaway movie. It's simply him trying to put the things he did wrong in order. Uh, mm. You know, the kid Brock, 
uh, Walt Jr., all this stuff that he has to, that still was unresolved at the end of the show and trying to make sure that's all put in order as kind of a spiritual cleansing before he kind of possibly gives himself up and turns himself in, mm-hmm. um, and which could be the end of that trailer when he says, are you ready? And he says, yeah. Like, like that. And I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, and it's just an epilogue because I don't think this is meant, I think this is an epilogue, not like a, a yeah. big franchise opener. Um, and it's about how Jesse kind of resolves what's wrong with him, which was a major part of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I loved it, and, and I loved seeing, I mean, we only got a taste of the characters coming back, like Badger and Skinny Pete and stuff like that. But uh, this brought me back to the world, and I am really psyched to see this. October's going to be pretty intense. Nice. Uh, anybody else here, Breaking Bad fans? I agree with you. Like everything you said, like you actually put it perfect, okay. <laughs> perfectly. Like that would be something I would like to see because I, I agree. I don't think you this needs to be an open the storylines for a bunch of new stuff. Like I'm cool with just seeing what happens to him right in that span of time after, and then being like, let's close the book. Yeah, like, we're good. This the book's still open in Saul, by the way. Yeah, but yeah. I was just saying his pre- And so whatever happens in this movie yeah. can be picked up by Better Call Saul. So let's all just kind of remember that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think one of the... the so I, I have not seen any Breaking Bad. But what I can appreciate about just like a project... This like is becoming a shocking <laughs> place to work. Seeing uh, Kofi, you know, Kofi and you, your excitement is that like where I think it's cool that there is a place like... Netflix, where a project like this can be done yeah. to sort of work like uh, you know the epilogue that fans always wanted. I think those always come at great risk too, because like uh, if it's just not good, then it's like that's the last sort of taste in your mouth. But at the same time, like you know when you've got the right creators involved, I think it's it's pretty cool. I I it, the trailer didn't look like something that I could jump in and feel like I could follow along. No, you have to watch. Breaking yeah, that's why that's why I figured, and so that's and so you know. So you got good motivation to go watch Breaking Bad, finally. <laughs> yeah. What the hell have you been doing with your life? I got to finish watching the season six of The Blacklist, between, and then maybe I'll jump into Between you not watching this and Joe... You and The Blacklist. And Joe <laughs> not watching Harry Potter, like, Brandon not reading Harry... Or watching Harry Potter, like... Wait, Joe didn't watch Harry Potter? Joe no. Not seen well, what is going on in this entertainment company? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. So... The next thing up is a quick shout out. This is not really in our wheelhouse too much, but uh, we thought it was interesting. Uncut Gems trailer for oh, Adam yeah. Sandler. This is the movie that's actually at earning Adam Sandler Oscar buzz. And mm-hmm. after seeing this trailer, you will see why. He basically p- plays like a hustler in the Diamond District of New York. And if you've ever been in the Diamond District of New York, <laughs> this movie captures it perfectly. Dude, I, um, I had to, that's where I had to pick up my wife's engagement ring. Dude, I went to go see a guy is. named Avi who's a diamond wholesaler who just like multiple security doors, Dude, I had to go, I had to old go, like, dog door, like door, sitting door. on his stool like the whole time, and he just dumped a, a mass of diamonds on the table. It was like, okay, see what you, <laughs> whatever one you want, fish through and pick. And that's how my wife got her ring. Um, yeah. But I did a good job. Picked a pretty perfect diamond and got her hand size exactly right. So thanks, Avi. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is like a guy, is. and he only works on referral. So like, you can only have a human contact who knows him. Mm-hmm. Who can refer you to him? It's the only so way he lets you crazy. in the doors. Yeah, and this is the Diamond District. Like, mm-hmm. so I saw this works. film and I'm like, yes, flashbacks. Like, yeah, <laughs> and this is how it works. And of that world, and Adam Sandler playing this guy is like a quintessential New York hustler, um, Diamond District, you know, guy. Uh, yeah, it, it looks great, and it and it looks like it's gonna mix really intense thrills with drama and and allow Sam, like Sandler to be humorous mm-hmm. in this yeah. role at the same time. 
And Kevin Garnett has a big role in this movie, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, no, that was the most like Kevin Garnett. <laughs> like, and he's gotta, like in the trailer a yeah. lot. Like he's a major yeah, he's part got a of the storyline. Yeah. yeah. So because it's about a bet, the whole thing kind of centers around a bet like he makes around Kevin Garnett. So. Yeah, man, I'll be watching this. this it's a good trailer. Really good. Go see it yeah. if you have. I hope this does really like. I really hope that this because I feel like Sandler has been like on the precipice of that critical, like that, that not just critical because he's been well, in a couple of movies right. that are like critical darlings, mm-hmm. but they never quite jump the Push thing of over. like full on like no, this is a unqualified hit. Well, because because, because for every, love, funny yeah, people, Spanish, yeah, like, like there's yeah. a bunch of ones that he's good in. Cool, because for every one of those he does, he does like three of those direct to Netflix yeah. like. You know, which get great reviews. Like people love his. Yeah, people his swear stuff. by that. They stuff. swear by them. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, well, all right. Yeah, the young Sheldon crowd loves that stuff. <laughs> this so. has like the buzz to really be that yeah. one that yeah. really launches him into that kind of second real part of his career. Where yeah, he'll be great. Does he'll those. finally be able to add Academy Award yeah. nominee. Like I feel like he's got two. Yeah, and I mean Adam Sandler deserves it. So I mean, yep. for all the crazy stuff he's done, he's still like, yeah, he's still got a lot of talent. That guy. All right, so. Finally, we uh, got a teaser for another Apple TV show. I'm just curious about this whole Apple TV thing. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan Servant, and I'm just mentioning this because if you've seen it, it's only 15 seconds, but it looks like it has the creepiest CGI baby (laughs) (laughs) with two different color eyes I've ever seen. Like... Thank God my son's older now because I would be creeped out to go home and look at him if he was still in a rock. I'd be like, "Stop looking at me!" Yeah, putting, babies, putting a, just like, creepy in general. Putting this like little pillowcase up between us. Like, <laughs> I don't want to look at you right now. Like, yeah, um, and yeah, and this one's about like a possible demon baby omen type vibe, and it looks kind of creepy. And it, I mean, this is the first thing to really get me legitimately interested in Apple TV. I was like, "Ooh, I kind of want to see what this show's about." But I, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with it being an M Night movie, and I like you know, M Night has a as for as many hits as he has, he has as many misses. But at the same time, you never know which one you're going to get. And I think that's the intrigue. But he has yeah. a very, yeah, he has a very <laughs> devout family. I count myself in that group of like, if his name's on it, I'm going I'm to at least it give it a shot. Because, because when, his, when it's on, he is on. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, no, I mean, and like, again, some things about like, his movies, especially going back to horror when he's just kind of like writing ideas, he's still mm-hmm. got great ideas. Like, I love Devil. I like that mm-hmm. movie a lot. So I'm kind of interested in this. But uh, those are all our trailers. They're all up on comicbook.com. And if you look in our uh, post about the show, we'll have links to all of them or a lot of them or mm-hmm. whatever. So moving right along, we had more, but we're going to knock that to the next show because we've got to deep dive into our deep dive uh, topics of the week. So that'll do it for the trailer park. And we're now going to deep dive. And uh, the first thing we're going to deep dive into is a review of Rambo Last Blood. Uh, Somebody had to catch this bullet. Uh, (laughs) I went out Thursday night and uh, put myself out there to go see this. Um, Doing the Lord's work. Yeah, we didn't have a time to do it for last show, but uh, I still the memories are still fresh. Trust me. (laughs) Uh, Basically, Rambo Last Blood is a one star review from me. You can read my full review on the site. Um, I wanted to enjoy this movie. I really did. I wanted, I'm not one of those people who gets, like, stuffy about, ah, this isn't a cinematic masterpiece. Like, meh. Right. I mean, which is like, gushed about yeah. Texas, like, Walker, Texas, Texas Ranger. Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I started my career in this, in this industry. One of the first reviews I ever did was for Rambo, the fourth movie. Mm. And I love that movie. Uh, it's over the top, the sappy melodrama so that good. evolves into just crazy over the top <laughs> violence by the end. Was so enjoyable and like viscerally like enjoyable and, and funny enjoyable even 
that like I couldn't hate it at all when Sly Stallone's like creeping up behind dudes and ripping out throats, like, <laughs> and, like <laughs> putting fifty cows to dudes like at point blank range, like yeah. Uh, yeah. So I enjoyed Rambo, and I was hoping to at least because we saw the bad reviews, we heard all the stuff about it, but I was still hoping we could go out and still enjoy this as as like Rambo, mm-hmm. as a, just that escapist guilty pleasure fun. Rambo Last Blood is not fun. Uh, it, it's sad, really. Like, it's just, it is a sad kind of drab, nihilistic movie to the, like, to the core. Like, mm. it's like life, it's, it's, it's like goth Rambo. Like, life is pain. <laughs> There's a line from a main character, like the Mexican lady that he lives with, mm-hmm. which is never explained what this surrogate family is. It's in the notes for the movie. Like, if you read the thing on IMDb, it tells you that this is Rambo's old friend. She's moved in with her granddaughter. But the movie just opens on them being there in this mm-hmm. house together and little implications of her, the girl's the little girl's parents are no longer around. And this lady is not like a romantic interest, but she's not a caretaker. Like, she's just there. Yeah. And they're all just living in this ranch together. Okay. But uh, it's sad and it's nihilistic. And at one point, the Mexican lady just says, I feel like I'm going to be sad for the rest of my life. And that's her last line in the movie. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, like that's some character development, I guess. And the end is Rambo like riding off into the sunset and like he's going to be sad for the rest of his life. Mm. And it's just such a, like, a depressing movie. Mm. Um, and, for, and, and for no logical reason. Like, right. Rambo alternates in this movie between being a Michael Myers supernaturally <laughs> like masterful killer, and that's what the kill scenes at the end are like. It's just like it, there's no logic to it. It's just a, a house and a bunch of tunnels under the ground that you never knew why he built a full mining operation on his ranch. It was never explained again. But at one point, he lets the girl have one of her last high school parties in these tunnels. Just randomly. He's like, your friends will think that's really cool. And apparently the writers of this movie think that high school kids want to party in tunnels. Because <laughs> uh, then they have a scene where the kids think, oh, man, these tunnels are bad. Like, And it's like, who says that? <laughs> uh, uh, I guess they do things different in Arizona or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so it's the just. Poor bored youth of Arizona. And, and, and it's about, like, he, he alternates between this. <laughs> but then he also, like, a major conflict is him trying to go to talk to a bunch of cartel guys who nearly beat him to death after a conversation. And it's like, okay, Rambo, like you can sometimes nearly get beaten to death. Other times you're like Michael Myers and unstoppable. And this movie just kind of picks and chooses when that happens. That's a shame. And Mm -hmm. the kills are, it's filmed horribly. The kills are stupid. You don't see anything. Here's like a kill in Rambo Last Blood. You see a guy going up a dark tunnel. Then you see a bunch of stuff moving and jumbles, and you're like, wait, what's happening? And then all of a sudden you see this kill shot where this guy is impaled through his face by a hook, and you see a gruesome torture porn like shot of him. And then like we move on, and Rambo walks out of his shadows. Is it randomly. R or PG-13? Oh, it's hard it's R. R. So why, I wonder and then, why like, they didn't show... Because it's filmed horribly. Oh. And then Rambo walks out of the nearest shadow that he's magically in and puts a double barrel <laughs> shotgun and blows the guy's off anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, he has to shoot every guy who gets impaled on a trap, anyway. <laughs> every single one. Like, he blows their head off and you shoot. Of course. There's some Kano moments in this. I saw one person, when the violence starts, Rambo stabs a guy in the chest with his huge knife, pulls it out, reaches in, pulls out the guy's oh, collarbone, yeah, and starts twisting it around while interrogating him. And I looked to my right, and I saw people in the theater, guys much older than me, who had obviously been longtime Rambo fans, just looking up, like, what is happening? <laughs> like, 
a scene of like twisting around somebody's collarbone. It, yeah, it's just no, no. exactly. It's just like what <laughs> did like I walk into saw? Like what is it? Is this hostile? Like what did I walk into? Like it's not even action anymore. It just goes from sad, badly, terribly acted melodrama to just like torture porn horror. And it's like this movie's a misfire on every level. So it, it's a sad end to Rambo. Like don't pull this character out again. Don't try to give him another final thing. Just like wait till Ryan Coogler or somebody comes off to talk, <laughs> talk about like Rambo's like old partner from like that's so weird unit though or something because it's the same dude that did Rocky Balboa, which is one of my favorite Rocky movies, and it, it but it shows like he has the capacity to like develop a character, talk about family drama in an interesting way, show an aging character and a progression that's interesting. Like he has that capacity, so I don't understand why. He well, I mean, this movie also has like Rambo. some like very questionable things about Mexico and its view of Mexico and like what mm. happens. Mexico is basically like, don't go to Mexico, you will die, <laughs> and worse. <laughs> and like, yeah, there's a whole thing about human Subtle. trafficking, Subtle. implied just sexual assault. Like, yeah, it's Oof. a lot of really dark stuff and really, really nihilistic stuff. It's not a fun movie. I don't recommend it for anybody. I don't recommend it in theaters, home video, or anything. Watch Rambo again. Pretend it ended there, just like Godfather, and you will be better for it. So that is my review of Rambo Last Blood. And, Stice, and Sly Stallone, who, who made us marvel at his performance in something like Creed as an aging Rocky Balboa, yeah. is god-awful in this. Mm. The scenes with him and the young girl that he's supposed to be like Daddy Rambo to are terrible. Like, some of the worst I've seen in a long time. So Damn. Yeah, wow. just skip this one. Pretend Rambo was the end. You will feel better. Just watch that battle scene again. That's worth it. Yeah, yeah, you'll feel so much better inside. <laughs> That's what I did. I immediately went home and watched that on YouTube, and I laughed, and I was having a great time. I took the popcorn I had so with good. me in the theater, sat up, <laughs> shoving it in my mouth, watching the end of Rambo 4 again. So, yeah. Sorry, Rambo, you deserve better. All right, no, so moving right along from that happy topic to Matt. <laughs> Matt, it's that time of the week again. Comics are out. Whew. What's hot? What do we need to know? What should we be buying? Break it down. Uh, well, so starting out, uh, Powers of X number five uh, hits us. We were coming towards the end. Yes, we it's, are. Uh, very quickly. Yes. And we're getting near the dawn of X and a bunch of new books and stuff like that. So There's a we'll, lot to answer. So we'll break that down. Yeah, yeah, we'll break that all down next episode. Um, so read it. Definitely read it, though. There is a lot to process here. Um, we all just admit we've all lost the Powers of Ten thing they tried to enforce on us. Did I, say saying, yeah. Did I say X? We've all been saying X. Ah, uh, like dang it. Uh, it was never to be, gonna last. Yeah, it was not. Pox pox works so much easier. <laughs> uh, if you've been paying attention to Absolute Carnage, there is a new tie-in, uh, which is Miles Morales. Uh, in the last issue of even just the regular series, you saw that Miles was turned. Uh, this one, Miles. This one is very. Uh, again, this is they continue to bang these tie-ins out of the park. I really enjoyed this as a tie-in. Even the Amazing Spider-Man, which isn't really on this list because it's not as strong, but it's still a good, solid tie-in. Like, they have yet to really deliver a bad one. That's that's amazing in an event this scale. Mm -hmm. uh, Marvel also has Strike Force number one, which has the team-up of Blade and Spider-Woman, and you should definitely check yeah, that. And random. Angela, and Winter Soldier, and Wiccan, but Spider-Woman. <laughs> Spider-Woman and Blade. Uh, this is actually a really cool team, because he's right. Uh, it's Winter Soldier, uh, Angela, Wiccan, uh, Blade, and and it's a very interesting setup. Uh, mm -hmm. It's actually a very cool premise. I didn't love the art, but it's still got a lot of potential. So, mm -hmm. uh, also Fearless number three. If you're looking for just a really like, it's three short stories, um, 
they were all just really enjoyable. Like this is not one that's like demanded reading, but if you're looking for a, just a fun Marvel title to pick up, this is definitely just a great series actually so far. Uh, also, I've been uh, a little down on the Superman books, but Action Comics uh, 1015, which is weird to say, mm-hmm. that once it gets into the thousands, that was really good. Like it's all about Naomi and Superman and their kind of interaction. And this is, I was talking to Jamie uh, in the office about we disagree on Bendis' Batman, which is Batman Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like that Batman because I feel like it's too jovial. I don't like my Batman like too jokey. Too yeah, too too jokey, uh, too self-referential. And this Batman is like the perfect balance. Like Bendis uh, does a really good job. Like he's oh, he's so Batman funny shows up in action. In action, okay. Yeah. So it's like, and it's all about Naomi. And so it's a really interesting mix. It's like I actually kind of started wanting to maybe go back a couple issues and figure out like what really happened with some of the Superman-centric stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was really good. Like if you're looking for a jumping on point, this is actually a great one because Naomi exp- like explains her whole existence. It's also got a really cool thing with the art where they show it from, it's very much like a first-person video game. They show it from her angle because she's learning how to fly. Mm. It's really interesting, like really cool issue if you're going to pick it up. Is this a tie-in to the Leviathan stuff? or is this- They do, yes. They oh. do mention it and it it's like it pops up. But it's not so much like the folk. That's not the focus. Okay. But yeah, uh, Leviathan has not been a thing for me. Uh, also, Batman Curse of the White Knight, uh, number three is out. Uh, I, again, this, this issue, Sean Murphy's art has been gorgeous. Uh, it continues to put new wrinkles into this story, especially with Harley. Uh, I really dig this book. I uh, really like it. And they keep going back to like the first Wayne. You're seeing like the first, uh, like who, because like the Order of Dumas, the Saint Dumas has been like something that I don't necessarily love. It, mm-hmm. it depends. I'm really picky about that. Uh, this has done a really cool job of like showing the dynamic between the Waynes and them, and like the feud that kind of started between them and all that stuff. Really cool stuff. Uh, also, Harley Number One. Now I'm going to pronounce this name because I love this artist, but I never say the name out loud. So Stepan Stepan Sejic. Is it? I heard it was Sage. Like he actually he actually put a pronunciation yeah. on his Twitter. Stefan Sage. Yeah, Sajic. But he leaves the I C off. He oh, says Sage? he says it's how you like Sean oh. Connery would pronounce his name, and I'm like, oh, Sage. Gorgeous book. This is Harley number one. It's their new Black Label book. It is all about Har- uh, Harley Quinn and um, kind of her when she first started at Arkham. It's 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 a Black Label book, so it's kind of set in its own continuity. It doesn't you don't have to know any of the other stuff. It sets all that up. It's a gorgeous book. Like his artwork is always beautiful, mm-hmm. but this book is really good. It's like 63 pages. Uh, it costs a little more, but definitely worth it. I think it's like a three-issue series. So definitely check that out. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I may have known this dude. He did a, he did a bunch of work for Top Cow uh, a long time ago for uh, The Darkness and for Witchblade. Yeah, Death uh, Vigil. Yeah, yeah Death Vigil. Um, uh, he did a few issues of Justice League his Odyssey. His Aquaman? Well, he did an Aquaman run? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> so yeah. gorgeous. It, it, he, dude, he's got some, yeah. some Uh Also, Bloodshot, number one. They have re launched rebooted for the that 69th character. time again you know what i don't i didn't go in expecting a ton it was actually pretty fun if you are a fan of bloodshot uh i mean this would be a good hopping on point to this do a very one, this good job been getting more buzz than the Vin other one diesel yeah. was making a movie about that <laughs> it's coming aren't you excited aren't you on hey, the hype train officially wrapped <laughs> uh we may get a trailer sooner than we than you think. Wow! See, and then we could be talking Let's about see if any we get trailer park. Bloodshot trailer drops. <laughs> uh, but this one is actually very enjoyable. Like if you've been looking for a place to hop on, they've tried to do this like three different times over the last like <laughs> three years. But this one is actually pretty solid. I actually enjoyed this. Uh, next up is Angel Number Five. 
uh, which is Boom Studios' kind of Buffyverse spinoff. Uh, this is the prelude to Hellmouth, which is the big crossover event that's going to merge uh, Buffy and Angel for a while. Uh, this issue is just a great issue on its own because, I mean, for fans of the show, Charles Gunn has a huge role in this issue. Um, and it's just a really interesting dynamic between him and Angel. But they do also plant the seeds for that next event, and that looks to be cool. Also, if you want to catch up on the series, Angel Volume 1 also hits stores on Wednesday. So it's a great way to catch up. I like when publishers up. do that. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. Makes mm -hmm. sense. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 43. You didn't think you were getting away without Power Rangers. So close. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dane, the bounty hunter, absolutely wipes the floor with the Rangers, and it's a cool sequence. Like, he just lays waste to them, and it's a great, like, when they make a villain feel, to, I mean, to use a wrestling term, when they make a heel feel powerful, mm -hmm. and they actually let them just decimate, that's what they did with this villain, and it's really cool, really interesting stuff between him and Zed. So definitely check that out. Also, last one, uh, Ether disappearance of violet bell uh matt kent and david rubin this series has been a personal favorite of mine we're on volume three uh it's essentially about a guy who is able to go into he discovers this like magical realm but every time he goes over there like years or decades pass over in the earth so when he comes back over he's much older uh like and it, it's dealt with stuff like his family members have died he's lost his wife like his his daughter like and essentially grew up kind of trying to be him because he was gone literally for like at one point 20 years and he comes back. Like, there's a lot of interesting family stuff that happens in this book, even though the premise is he's kind of this fun adventuring detective over in the magical world. So mm -hmm. he's always trying to solve a mystery, but there's a lot of really interesting personal dynamics that come into play for this. So the volume three of this is on Wednesday, number one. You should definitely check that out because it is awesome. And that is comics. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We thank you guys for listening. If you were just getting acquainted with the show, we drop new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get you know updates on every episode we drop. Or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, uh, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist. You can tell any Amazon Alexa device to play Comic Book Nation podcast and it will also fire right up for you. If you want to continue the discussion about anything we talked about here, hit us up at the hashtag ComicBookNation, or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. Find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And at Jim Biscardi. If you like the show, please go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Periodically, we read uh, all our five-star reviews on the show, or some of them. I shouldn't say all. Oh, man, I'm signing myself up for something there. <laughs> we read some of our five-star reviews on the show. If we pick yours, you get a Comic Book Nation t-shirt. So be sure to leave your five-star review now because we are quickly approaching another point where we will be going through some reviews. want to thank you guys for tuning in to Comic Book Nation. We hope to see you next episode, and uh, we're going to get out of here. Peace. Peace.